Hello, prayer friend. Once again, thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. These podcasts are the ones that help you to develop footsteps with impact in your prayer life. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. And so we believe in praying with impact in our ministry. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. We are confident that the Bible-based prayer principles that we teach never fail. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. Please thank you again for listening in. Download this and send it to your friends. We would appreciate if we recommend our prayer cast to your friends. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, Afri Christ, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store, and also the Google Play Store. It's the same app for both platforms. It's very well done, and it reaches out to people like you. Thank you once again, and may God bless you as you're listening. Thank you. This is Sam Kawisa again speaking to you. Thank you for tuning in and downloading our podcasts. These podcasts have been very helpful to so many people around the world. Right now, we have at least listeners in at least 17 countries of the world. And what's interesting is that many of those people are in countries where they are not even allowed to have Bibles, like in the Middle East. So we got um, people in uh, Saudi Arabia, we got people in um, UAE, and so many other places of the world. And also, of course, around the United States, uh, Europe, and Africa. We are very grateful for the favor that God has given us with people and that people are listening in and using the uh, principles that we teach about prayer. We believe that prayer has to have an impact, otherwise we are just becoming uh, people who just keep repeating. And Jesus talked about that when he said that some people just keep repeating the same thing over and over again. We believe in prayers with impact because the, the way we teach prayer is that it has to be from the Word of God. Because the Bible tells us in Romans 8 that uh, we know not what to pray, but by the Holy Spirit, who knows the heart of God and also our heart, in other words, knows our desires, he lines them up with the will of God and we know that God's word never comes back void to him. And so we are very thankful that we use these power principles and they do work. And those who believe and use them, they find out that their prayer life has never been the same and we are very grateful for that. Now, today we're going to be talking about and praying about an issue that we should all really be concerned about, and that is using the gifts that God has given us. God has given each and every one of a gift and a talent, and in that respect, God expects us to use those talents for His kingdom. Now, it doesn't mean that you, every one of us is going to be a preacher or a pastor or someone directly in ministry. But whatever gift that God has given you, you are supposed to use it to enrich humanity. And today we're going to look at about eight principles about our gifts. And uh, these principles are really like a statement of fact of what God has done. We're going to use the Bible again, as we always do. We're going to use verses in the Bible 
And you're going to see that whatever we teach is nothing. It's not opinions. It's what God, uh, God's word says. And that's what we use. And we know it never comes back void to him because it's his word. So uh, one of the things that we're going to do today is um, go through some of these verses. And I believe they will bless you because they've blessed us immeasurably. We're going to see today that God has it all planned, number one. And then number two, we're going to see that God equips when he gives us, uh, and, and he gives us the tools. He never just sends you out there without equipping you or without giving you the tools. Number three, we're going to see that God enables and anoints all the gifts that he gives us. God has them anointed, and so they will do what they're supposed to do. Number four, we're also going to see that God gives parental advice for those parents who are looking at their children and they don't know what to do, or they don't think that their children have any purpose or have found their purpose, and it doesn't matter what age, but we're going to start uh, encouraging people to start at an early age. We will see a biblical example uh, based on that principle. Number five, we're going to see that God sets and has expectations. In other words, he sets expectations and he wants us to follow through. And then number six, we're going to see that God um, requires and rewards obedience to those principles. Once we learn them or once we use them, he requires obedience and um, he actually uh, rewards good um, performance. So we shall see that in the Bible also. Then number seven, we're going to see that there are consequences for those who are lazy or who are poor performers. Now, God does not um, necessarily throw you out or throw us out when we mess up. So these consequences, even though they are there, God has also given us a way out. And so number eight, we shall see how God's mercy allows us to be redirected through Jesus Christ so that we can do those things that we are supposed to have been doing in the first place anyway. We're going to start with uh, the, uh, the principle that we stated that God has it all planned. And he does. He gives us a Jeremiah 29, 11. As you know, those who listen to me regularly, that that's one of my favorite, my favorite Bible verses because it's so important in our lives. Jeremiah 29, 11, verse 11 through 13 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look to me, for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. So you see, God has it planned because he says, I have plans for you. Now, if someone tells you that I have some plans for you, Say like you get a new job and you go to this new job and you go to your boss after they take you around and they show you everything that that, that is expected of you. He says, now, this is uh, your work plan. I have a plan that we use uh, for your position that you may follow through. Uh, in some places, they call it um, a workflow, depending on what you do. Say, for example, you go to work at McDonald's or a, a restaurant. You don't just go do anything they fit you somewhere. If you're, if you're the one who is going to be um, uh, receiving orders at the drive-thru, they give you the tools that you need to uh, listen in to the, um, 
to the people who come through the drive-thru. They will not give you the same tools as the one who is going to be preparing the hamburger. Each one is given the right tools to do the right job for the completion of this mission. The mission is to give a hamburger to someone or to give fries to somebody, to sell fries to somebody. And so everyone, there is what they call workflow. It just flows. You don't just fit anywhere. And God is telling us here that, listen, I have a plan for you, but this plan is not for disaster. So in other words, I don't want to give you the headphones and a microphone, and yet you're going to be preparing the fries. No, that is for you who is receiving orders. He will give you a cash register. So that's what God does too. Now, if in the natural, we expect that, how much more with God? Just think about it. God is a God of purpose and a God who is organized. We have everything that we need, okay? And that sends us right through to the next principle. He says, God equips us well. That's number two. You know, we are well equipped and given the tools that we are going to need to do this job. What's this job? That's your calling, your talent. Whatever your talent is, whatever your calling is, whatever your gifting is, God is a gifter. In fact, the Bible says that uh, his gifts are without repentance. In other words, he never recalls. Once you are born and he puts it on you, that's what you're going to do. So the thing is, it's up to us to find out what that is. So in First Peter, I mean in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2 through 3, I'll read from the New King James Version. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So you see here he says that grace and peace. Grace is unmerited favor. He wants that to be upon you. And then peace. Be peaceful. In other words, whatever you are set out to do, whatever he has given you as a gift and a talent, as we shall see in other scriptures later on, he wants you to do it and do it well. That's where that's what this word peace here means. You know, do it well. It's the peace that suppresses all human understanding. Once you know who you are and what God has called you to be, there's going to be a peace in you, whatever you're doing. It does not matter what people say. For example, if you have this young person who goes to do a certain major in college, a lot of people, and this person may be very, very intelligent. And so you see, in the world, we have ways we think that certain people are supposed to do certain majors or certain uh, professions. So we assume, oh, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be an accountant, you're going to be blah, blah, blah. But you know what? If you are doing what God has not called you to do, you're not going to have that peace. But when you do what God has called you to do, peace and grace will be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, when you know God who has sent you, then you're going to have that peace. Let's put it this way. Say, for example, you are an ambassador of a country and you've been assigned to go to another country. Now, when you are released to go to that country, you are at peace at what you do. You know that as long as you do the things that are within the guidelines of your sending country, there is peace in whatever decision you make because you know you are going to be representing that country well. Now, in the same way, when we do the things that God has called us to do, then there is going to be peace and grace. And God here says that 
it will be multiplied to you in your knowledge of Jesus Christ because you know who has sent you and you know who you are. So everything that has to do with the things of God, he has given you. And everything that has to do with life, he has given you. That's what this uh, scripture says, 2 Peter verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 2 through 3. He has given us everything according to his grace, which is multiplied to us. Okay, then the third principle we're going to look at, God enables and anoints all the talents for performing the work that he has given us to do. Now, what does that mean? Okay, we're going to read Exodus 31 verse 6. Let me give you a background to this story. God had told Abraham to go build the temple out there in the desert. And God tells you, build a temple. And you're like, oh my God, how are we going to do it around here? But you see, God is a God of purpose and God knows what he's doing. So he goes to reassure Moses that the people I have appointed, the people that I've picked, I myself have put my spirit in them. I have anointed them and I have taught them. I have given them the knowledge to know these things. And so in verse um Exodus 31 verse 6, it says, I have personally appointed a holy son of Ahizamach of the tribe of Dan to be his assistant. Moreover, I have given special skills to all the gifted craftsmen so they can make all the things I have commanded you to make. So you see, God is telling, um, uh, is telling Moses that I'm not leaving you out and dry out there. I'm bringing you the people who are going to be talented and given the anointing to do those things. I myself, I have personally appointed Oholiab. Can you imagine when God tells you, I have personally. So when God gives you a job to do, he personally is going to assure you of the people who are going to work with you. One of the things that gives me confidence in the things that I do, whether in the secular world, in my profession out there that I went to school for, or in the uh, um in ministry is that I know that God who said he has a plan for me, he has appointed people for whom he also has a plan for their own lives to do certain things. And those people are also fulfilling Jeremiah 29, 11. And, but it just so happens that as they are fulfilling the t- Jeremiah 29, 11 for them, that is the plan that I have for you is for good and not for disaster in their lives. Our paths are going to cross. God knows what he's doing. Let me show you about how God uh, causes paths to cross. Remember when Jesus was going to, um, was, uh, when Jesus was sending his disciples to go, to go and get the uh, donkey so that he can ride into Jerusalem, what did he tell him? He said, go to a certain place. And when you get there, you're going to find these guys. They will ask you this. They will say, hey, what are you going to do with the animal? And you answer them that the master has need of it. The disciples just went and to look for the donkey. And when they got where the donkey was, as they were untying it, the other men who were doing, minding their own business, they say, hey, where are you taking that donkey? Note this. They said exactly as Jesus told them to say, that the master has need of it. And once the master has need of it, then that means... That's Siri. Stop it, Siri. Sorry. I missed that. Could you say it again, please? Siri, be quiet, please. 
very interesting. I think I'm going to leave that in the, uh, in the podcast so you can see. Because that little thing was programmed to do exactly, once you call the name, once you call that name, I don't want to say it again, because again, he, um, she will interfere and she will say, hey, what can I do for you? Guess what? We're going to see a verse in here where God says that when you call me, I will answer you. That's exactly what God does also, just like that little program there does. When you call it, it answers you. God is more perfect than that. And God is more powerful than Siri. God is more faithful than Siri. Okay, And so if we can call that little program and it answers, how much more does God? So now let us continue with our lesson here. And so as we can see here, that when you call upon God, he will answer us. And when he answers us, He gives us exactly what we need. And God is faithful. He's faithful that he's going to do it because it's all for our purpose. So God had it purposed already that those men will be sitting and playing a game or talking to each other and that his disciples will be coming to get the donkey. And when they get to that place, they will do exactly as they are called to do. Their paths have crossed so that your work will be fulfilled. That's what God does. He always gives us those people that we need so that we are able to do that which he has called us to do. He has everything prepared for us. So when you get that new job, everything is out there for you to do the job. But the same thing with the purposes that we have for the gifts that God has given us. He has put everything in place. And like I was saying, that I am never worried about how God is going to get me through something. You know, it's like going to college. When you go to college and you um, register for a certain major, you are not worried about who is going to teach you when you go to the next semester because you know that the school has everything planned for you. All you have to do is register for the course and then go sit in the classroom and guess what? The professor is going to show up the one who is trained for that particular course of study. And so the same thing it is in the, in, in the spiritual things. God has everything uh, planned for us, and he will make sure that he has provided us with all that we need. Now, how about when you're a parent and you have these children, or especially when they are young, and you you know you take them here, and you know they all go to the same nursery schools, they all say, do, uh, play the same games, and they're in the same classrooms. But you know... When you take your child next time to school and drop him off and you see all these kids uh, going into their room, same room as that child, just look around. Those kids are not all going to be doing the same major. Those kids are not all going to be the same profession or whatever it is. Each one is different. So is yours. So what do you do? How do you direct your child? I'll give you a story in the Bible which is very interesting. In this story... We all know the story of Samson, or we've heard of Samson and Delilah. Samson was able to do marvelous feats. He could, do, he could lift gates and throw them into the street. He was strong. But you know, Sam, Samson was born of a, of a mother who was barren in the beginning. And one day she was out there in the field, and an angel came, a man we know it's an angel came to her and told her that you, you'll be having a child. So she goes home and tells the husband that, you know, a man came. And this man um, told me that we're going to have a child.
Manoah was kind of disturbed, not in a bad sense, but he was disturbed in like, man, I need to know also, I need to, I have a few questions for that man. He wasn't doubting. He just wanted to know, how do I raise this child? So in Judges 13, um, uh, verse 8 through 12, I'm going to read that to you. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, my Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come to us again and teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born. You see that? He wants to be taught what we shall do for this child. And God listened to the voice of Manoah. And the angel of God came to the woman again as she was sitting in the field. Now you see that? God listened to the voice of Manoah. Because why? We have said that God has purposes for you. He has planned and he has anointed certain people to do certain certain things. This angel was anointed to come and tell the news about Samson. And so he had to tell, he had to come back. And God listens to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came to the woman again as she was sitting in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. Then the woman ran in haste and told the husband and said to him, Look, the man who came to me the other day has just now appeared to me. So Manoah arose and followed his wife. And when he came to the man, he said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. Manoah said, now let your words come to pass. What will be the boy's rule of life and his work? In other words, what is going to be of this boy and how shall we raise him in order to fulfill that? When you ask that of God about your children, God is faithful. He's going to make sure that he will show you in different ways, how to raise that child so that they can fulfill the purposes for their lives. Now, I can say that I've raised four young people and each one is different and each one has gone to be something different. Now, I do notice that in the beginning, they were all like in the same kind of raising, but then they started to differentiate as they grew. And as we saw each one of them, we started to see the different things that God has called them for. Now, sometimes it wasn't as clear as it may sound, but you know, somehow you feel that urge to encourage them. And one of the things I always say is that help the young people fulfill their passion. But not just any passion. The God, once he, he, once he has a plan for somebody and has given them certain gifts, anointing comes with passion. Because God wants that person to be so totally engulfed in what he has called them to do. So he puts a passion in their spirit so that they can have a passion for it. And as a parent, as a guardian, as someone raising a child, teaching a child, he will show you the passion of this young person. And you do the same as Manoah did. How are we going to raise this child and what will be their vocation? We prayed that about our children all the time. Lord, show us how these children, we should raise each one of them and what is it going to be. And at times, like when they were in college, we at one time thought this one is going to be this, this one is going to be the other. But it didn't end up that way, you know. But we still had to encourage them in the things that we knew that God was helping them. Now, one of our, you know, one of our children decided to go this route and then the other on the other route. But the thing is, 
sometimes it's rough as they're making those decisions themselves. What we are there for is to be their best cheerleader. I always say, and I used to say to my wife that, you know what, we are our children's best cheerleaders. As a parent, God will show you how to cheerlead for this child. Principle number five is this. God has expectations of us to use our gifts and talents. He sets the expectations and he wants us to fulfill them. Okay, we're going to use the story of this businessman. This businessman was going away on a long trip and he has these workers and he gave them certain things to do. We call them talents. He gave them talents to use so that when he comes back, you know, his business would continue on. And uh, I'm going to start with uh, Matthew 25, 14 through 15. And I'm going to use the New Living Translation. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last dividing it in proportion to their abilities, and then he left on his trip. Now look at this. He gave them this money. He did not then give them instructions on how to use it. He didn't tell them that do this or do the other, but instead he gave them this money, and you know, and other versions say his talents. And then he left for the trip. Doesn't this sound like God? He put us down here, he gave us certain talents, he gave us certain gifts, and then Almost like we have no instruction. But actually we do have instructions because he has expectations. And as we shall see in the next principle, this man gave them in proportion to their abilities. In other words, he didn't give someone too much or too little. He gave them just enough. And that's how God is. He has given us gifts and talents that we can handle. He can't give you something that you cannot handle. If he knows that you can't sing, he's not going to make you a musician. God will never do that. I know I'm not very good at singing. And I know I miss notes like crazy. But I, uh, I get one consonance. The Bible says that um, he wants to hear us worshiping him with a joyful noise. And that's what I do. I just make a joyful noise. Whether it hits the note or not, I don't, I don't really care. I just sing. And um, I kind of embarrass my kids in, uh, in church. Because I'd be singing like way off. But anyway, so God would never have made me a musician because I'm not one to uh, pick up notes. So in Matthew 25, 19, we're going to see that after God, after this man gave these people a talent, he came back. And when he came back, he expected results, even though he didn't tell him what to do with it. And that's where one uh, of these people got in trouble. Because he didn't tell him what to do with it, so he just put it in the ground. But anyway, let's start with this one, where, where God rewards. And how does he reward us? He rewards us with success in those areas and on those talents and gifts. So in Matthew 25, 19 through 23, it says, After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. Now notice that he says his money. So when God gives you a talent or a gift, it's his gift. It's his talent. And he expects you to use it to produce. We shall see later on that he expects you to double up. Okay. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. 
The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in, in handling this small amount, so now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Now li listen to that. He says, let us celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward, and he said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Now you notice that one of the things that the master said here, he called each one a small amount. In other words, you can't say, you know, oh, this is too much, I can't do it, you know, God asked me to do this. He can never do that. He'll give you as much as you can handle. But then the other thing I want you to notice here, he says that, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. Let us celebrate together. You bring joy to the Lord when you use your talents and gifts that he has given you to do that which he has called you to do. Now, the other thing you notice here is that they doubled up. Now, God wants us to double up on what he has given us to do. He will tell you what doubling up is. It may not be numeric, as you may think, but it's a doubling up. You know, you double down and do the work you're called to do. He has given you the talent. He has given you the gifts. And as we saw before, he will give you the people who you will work with as he did with Moses. When Moses was going to build that temple, he told him, look, I have gifted these people and I'm going to send them to you to work with you. Use them. And guess what? That's what God does to us too. He gives us everything that we need. Remember we saw that scripture in Second uh, Peter that he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness? Well, that's, what, that's the same thing here. He gave this man, he gave these men everything that they needed to invest and double up. So we have no excuse not doubling up because you know what? We are able to do that. So now let us see if what are the consequences of those who do not do what God has called them to do, even though he gave us everything that pertains to life and godliness to use the gifts that he has given us. Okay, the consequences for non-performance. That's the other principle that we have to understand about gifts. Uh, we find that in the same story in Matthew 25, 24 through 26. This is the other servant. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid that I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here it is, your money. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant, and gathered crops I didn't cultivate. Then why didn't you use my money? Then he ordered. This is the consequence. Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. You see, if you do not use it, you lose it. God is basically saying that if he gives you an assignment to do something, he wants you to use that money. He wants you to use that talent, whatever it is, to produce. It's all for the kingdom. Remember, he says, we celebrate together. So whatever we do out there, let us do as if we are working unto the Lord. And so we see here that there are consequences for not doing or using the uh, talents that God has given us. Now, 
One last thing though that we have to understand about God. God is a is a kind God. God is a merciful father. God does not want you to to be a failure in life. God wants you to use that which he has given you even if it's last minute. Because there's another parable that Jesus talks about. Uh, this man had all these workers. He found them not doing anything in the street and it was around midday or something. And he said, hey, how come you're not doing anything? Then they said, well, no one gave us any work to do. Then he called them. He added them to the other guys who had started work at nine o'clock in the morning. And then before five o'clock, before quitting time, he found another group and he said, hey, why aren't you doing anything? Oh, we couldn't find any job. He said, well, I got some work to do. So for them, they worked for just one hour. And when it came to paying, he paid them exactly the same amount of money. And he said that it's up to him. It's up to the master to do with his money what he wants. And so what happens here, God is merciful in the same way. He wants us to be successful in the things that he has called us to do here on earth. We have a job to do here on earth. He has given us the giftings and the gifts to do that work. I'm going to read you a verse which normally we use for salvation to, to show that, you know, once you become a Christian, once you become born again, everything has become new. But we're going to use it in our context here today. And uh, this I call this redirection. You know, God's mercy redirects, you know, our past that had gone wrong. Because remember, in the beginning he said in Jeremiah 29, 11, that he has a plan for us and is for good and not for disaster. So when God sees disaster coming our way, he says, you know what? I still love this person. I, he's, he's created in my own image. She's created in my own image. I want them to make it because I want to rejoice with them. Remember that verse in the, uh, uh, with the talents? The master rejoiced with the servant. So God wants to rejoice with us. So you know what he did? He gives us a way out. And the way out is through Christ Jesus Christ. So I'm going to read Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 through 17. It says, So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one point we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and new life has begun. Even with wasted talent, let's say someone was a dope addict. Let's say someone was a drug addict. Let's say someone was a thief, a murderer. It does not matter what it was that you did before. God is saying that he can turn these things around All things have become new. He says it's a fresh start. And just like the man who came to work at 5 o'clock and got the same reward as that one who came at 9 o'clock, God is saying here that it doesn't matter what time of the day in your life it is. You can turn this thing around. It doesn't matter you never went to college and everybody in your family did. You can turn this thing around because God is with you. God will help you to use those talents. Because remember, he said uh, in, the, in the parable, it says that my money, it's his gift. He wants it to work. He wants it to be productive. He wants it to fit into line with someone else. What do, you, what do I mean by that? Remember the, uh, the disciples when they went to get the donkey? The men who were sitting out there talking to each other? 
Their calling at that time was just to be in the right place at the right time so that the disciples' work of getting the donkey will fulfill the prophecy of Jesus Christ riding the donkey into Jerusalem. And so, the same thing here. God wants you to be a part of that chain of success that he has created by gifting us, by giving us talents, by giving us everything that pertains to life and godliness, as he says in Second Peter that we read. And he has anointed the giftings, even as he did for Moses. And he told them that, look, I'm going to send you the people in whom I have put my spirit, personally appointed. God has appointed someone out there for you to work with you. Don't give up. Your talent is still there. If you haven't used it, brush it off. It's a diamond in the rough. It's going to work. I have seen it work with so many different people, especially young people. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. One of my um, daughters is a manager in a, a, an organization and they have a section which is called the grads of life. Grads of life graduates, people who have done so many things that they have graduated in life. They have learned so much that they are going to be able to use that which they have learned to become something. And they have they turn people around, people who thought they couldn't make it. This organization turns them around. Some have become bank managers. It is true. It's a true story. And so don't ever give up on yourself because God has not given up on you. So let us pray with impact here. We're going to pray that God will help you to realize your gifts if you haven't realized them. And whatever situation you're in right now, God is going to turn it around as we have seen that it's a new day. You are a new person in Christ. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, our Lord, we are coming to you today that any of us, anyone who is listening to this podcast, this prayer cast, this praying with impact, Lord, help them to have impact in the ways that they are supposed to be in life. That, Lord, Heavenly Father, the gifts that you have given them, they will be used even if it seems like it's too late. Father, let them brush them off. It's a diamond in the rough, Father. Help them to know that those gifts are anointed of you because it's you who personally, as we have seen in the scripture, who personally picked them for that purpose. You have also picked the people who are going to work with them. Help them and guide them to to go back. Redirect them through knowing Jesus Christ as we have seen in this podcast that it's about you. It's, It's bringing glory to your name. It's making you rejoice with them when they do what they're supposed to do. Let them realize that if they do, if they just move on, if they just move, continue to move with you, that you will rejoice with them in the end as the master was with those people of the talents or of the silver who used it and doubled up. Help them, Father. Let them renew their lives, renew their passion, that they will see that, that the gift that you gave them is still the same gift because because your word says, Lord, that your gifts are without repentance. In other words, you never recall them. Once you give it to them when they are born, Father, that's the gifts that they are supposed to use. That's the talent they are supposed to use. Help someone out there who may have gone the wrong way, whatever way it was. It could have been drugs. It could have been alcohol. It could have been any other thing that pulled them away from the purposes you intended. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you turn them around, that this is a new day. 
Teach them how to pray with impact. Teach them how to pray your word with your word because your word never comes back void to you. And that when, once they speak that word and it's from you, it will never come back void. It will accomplish that which you have sent it out to do. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that this person will come to you and say, what is it that you want me to do? And that, Lord, you'll never turn them back. You'll never turn them down. You'll be like that man who came at five o'clock to work and you gave them the full salary of whatever it is according to that parable. Father, in the same way, let this person know that it's not too late for them. It doesn't matter the age. It doesn't matter the uh, action that they have been in or whatever it was that they did or they didn't do. Father, we thank you that in Christ, Lord, we have the fullness of God. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. 